Welcome to episode 79 of Beers, Business, and Balls, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house, and you can get 20% off your order and free shipping. That's Will, and I'm Jake, and this is March. Finally, this is episode one of March. Thanks for bearing with us. I mean, what a few weeks we've had, first of all. We... Got back from Cincinnati last week. Uh, that took a few years off my life, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we had a lot of high percentage beer. Um, knock me out for a few days. I can't drink like I used to. It's That's a fact. Um, and that beer was strong. But kudos to the folks in Cincinnati. I had a great time. That was a hell of a way to kick off March. And I know you did too. Yeah, I mean, even before that, we had our live Founders and Friends event, which you're going to hear a couple interviews today. I mean, that was... One of our first live shows with crowd interaction, people listening along, uh, you know, shout out to our, you know, BBB pod fans that came by and stopped, stopped in and said hello, which was, I mean, super, super surreal to see. And, you know, we have Veronica Pisak from Long Live um, and Nick Champione for start uh, recurring guest, Nick Champione, originally Artist Republic and now Startup RI and a bunch of uh, different things. So a lot of great interviews. And then right after Cincinnati, NEC Championships, the, not the malice at Chase, what are they calling it? The disgrace at the Chase. The disgrace at Chase. But (laughs) either way, the Bulldogs hoisted up the trophy, cut up the nets, and we have Timmy Kagan's America's walk-on. Uh, America's people, favorite yeah. walk-on baby he, he joined is, us uh, so this is the first time ever we've had a threefer three interviews in one beers business and balls all covered um I think the only time we've done maybe one other we've done a twofer which was Zaid and um who the hell was it for the Super Bowl it uh, was Quentin Demps, Quentin Demps. <laughs> but other than that I don't think we've had a twofer in a minute we're going to have to fact check that because I think you're right. I, I can't. That was our only, that was our, oh, well, no, we had our one year anniversary, which was Fanta and Dave Silverman. Yeah. But I mean, that's right. We've never had a, we've never had a threefer. Yeah. I can't name you. First time ever. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I, I'm thinking around last year we had cap, we had basil on and we had, they were together in the same topic. Two separate, I know. Two separate interviews. Is that a sneaky asterisk? Like if we had another guest, I don't think we did have another guest though. No, that was it. All right. Done deal. This is the first ever three for it. Let's hop right into it then. Um, you're going to be hearing a lot about the guests from events past these next couple of weeks. We started off our march, as you mentioned, with the Founders and Friends event, got to talk to a lot of cool entrepreneurs. We got to talk to a lot of people making an impact in the community. And this was really cool because we got to talk to the taproom manager of one of our favorite places ever, which is Long Live Beer Works. Veronica Pisak joins the show. We're going to talk some beer. We're going to talk about what's on tap for Long Live lately. Uh, It's a lot of good stuff. I had a lot of good new beer uh, with you on last Thursday. Um, it's real good stuff. So let's get right into this marathon three for episode of Beers, Business, and Balls. Welcome to March. Here is Veronica Pisak from Long Live Beer Works. And then after Veronica, we will talk to Nick Chanfioni, who of course founded and 
ran Artist Republic for quite a bit, recurring guest Nick Chanfioni, as you mentioned, and we will hop right into it with Timmy Higgins. So here it is, the marathon, all three guests. It's Veronica, Nick, and Timmy Higgins. Here we go. All right, everybody, with us this week, we are live at Long Live Beer Works for the Startup Rhode Island Founders and Friends event. Uh, we're going to kick off the show like we normally do, with a good beer, with Veronica Pisak, the taproom manager here at Long Live. Veronica, how are you today? And uh, Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. So, I mean, we'll start with the cheers, as we always do on the show. Of course. And, uh, cheers. Yeah, what, cheers. Are we, uh, what are we drinking today? So today I'm drinking the special tap that we just kegged called the Little Heart, and it's a Bretomyces Pilsner. Um, Super delicious, easy drinking. I don't know if you've ever had beers with Brett in it before, but super tasty. Not too bad. Not too bad. We had one of the IPAs. You're going to have to tell me exactly what it was. It was if you're, uh, oh man, it was the second one on the menu. Oh, if we can walk together, why can't we rock together? If we can walk together, why can't we run together? Yes. Rock together. Why can't we rock together? Mouthful. Definitely a mouthful. Yeah, we do like long beer titles. Just to make sure we're all, you know, right, yeah. and to avoid anyone ripping the names off potentially exactly. too. I don't think I have to worry about that. Too, but that um, is one of the newer ones for a lineup. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Long Live Beer Works. I mean, we, this is a favorite of the podcast, favorite of Rhode Islanders. Awesome. You know, what is Long Live Beer Works, and you know, who are you guys basically? Yeah, awesome. So we are a uh, small brewery located in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. We are in the uh, West End neighborhood over by the uh, South Side. Uh, we have been in this location on Sprague Street for just about three years. Uh, anyone who's been following us for a long time may remember that we started actually on West Fountain Street. You guys know Beer yeah, Island, right, right. oh, yeah. our pals. Um, so they're actually in our old location. Uh, but we moved here three years ago. Um, this led to expansion not only in our space, but also our brewery space. Um, we've been able to more than double the size, at least the space of our production area, which has allowed us to be more experimental in doing things like this Brett Pilsner and having a really more expanded menu option. Yeah. And your role as tavern manager, how long have you been uh, with Long Live? And you know, tell us about your day to day. Awesome. So I have worked for Long Live for almost, we're getting close, almost five years. Nice. Um, I started on West Fountain Street as a uh, just tavern staff. I just like helped out, worked part time. And then when we uh, were planning on moving to this facility, uh, speaking with Armando and Jessica, uh, we decided it was good for all of us that I came on full-time as the taproom manager. Um, and I manage a staff of about uh, 10 to 12, depending on, depending on what's going on. You mentioned yeah. a guy like Armando yeah. and the impact that Armando Dodon has had on this beer industry in Rhode Island has certainly been pretty huge. Um, to come into work and to work with a guy like that, you know, what does that mean to your career? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. The Rhode Island beer scene is certainly a very dynamic, changing industry. It's grown a lot in the last 10 years. Um, I myself have lived in Providence for the last 10 years, and I've been able to see that genesis of not only beer in Providence, but beer in Rhode Island. Um, and it's really interesting and energizing to work for a small business. 
especially um, Armando, who is our uh, owner and our brewer. His wife, Jessica, is our general manager and does all of our uh, graphic design, all of our can design, and her and I work very closely together on our daily operations. Working for them is just really awesome and energizing, and it's, it's really great to work with people who are super passionate. Yeah, of course. And you talked about the Rhode Island beer community. Yeah. Uh, we obviously saw Armando and Long Live at the beer festival a couple weekends ago, you but oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, did you we get had... to go or? I was here at the tap room. Yeah. One of our tap room staff was there, and they said it was so much fun. Yeah. No, definitely. That so that was something like I mean, we we were just joking about this today. We tried to do so much, and then yeah. all of a sudden. Boom, three and a half hours go by. You know, yeah. it's what an event. That's Especially when you're like drinking, having fun, yeah. talking, you know, it just it does go by so fast. We didn't even have to the opportunity to get like a sausage and peppers. Yeah. 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 We wanted to eat. Yeah. Probably needed it by No, I definitely so needed good it. Beer, though. That's the yeah. thing, but go ahead. No, yeah, so I mean you guys were obviously featured there, but what other beers are featured in the tap room at the moment? Oh, so I mean we have a, our draft list is twenty plus. Wow. Um, so really, you know, we are known for a number of different styles. A lot of people know us for our IPAs. We specialize in the New England style, which is that like hazy, hot forward, very aromatic, juicy style. There's a lot of variety within that style, and we certainly make uh, the number of beers kind of different depending on what you're looking for. Um, but we also specialize in the heavily fruited sours or the frozy cup, as we call them. Frozy cup is something else. Yeah. That is something yeah. else. I think it like is. the only of its kinds. I'd say New England, yeah. right? Yeah. From what. I've seen, and probably what you've seen, I've not seen a beer like Frozen Cup around here. So, I mean, it, it is a, the heavily fruited sour, the heavily fruited beer is a popular style in the craft beer community. There are certainly regions where it's more heavily represented. The Midwest is a big um, outpost for that style. Uh, but there are, there are certainly people making something like that. In Rhode Island, we probably are the only one that makes something like that. I would even say, like, the yeah. frozen texture of it almost. Sure. So, like, you know, you have those heavily fruited sours, but it's more of the fact that you're almost like it's like a smoothie. I mean, it's yeah. like a smoothie, yeah. yeah. Smoothie, and you if don't you really have that texture with those fruited sours right here. Sure. And if you come in the summertime, we actually will put some of that frozy cup in our frozen drink machine and actually freeze it. That's pretty cool. That's but then pretty cool. Vodka. But then yeah. it's called the yummy X. Yeah. So that's that's a fun time. I was just talking about that with Jessica today, but we're looking forward to frozen drink season. So. Of course. We're, we're done with the snow. We're done with the cold. That's right. Let's get back to the summer. But Shovel the snow, put in your drink. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Slap it on a t-shirt, yeah, 100%. Dirt, salt out of it. <laughs> well, you know, you know that's, that's kind of important. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the past couple of years have been tough, especially for not only the state of Rhode Island, but the craft beer scene as well. The pandemic. Uh, put a lot of just restrictions and you couldn't have full capacity here sure. at one point it was just cans you could just get the cans to go but you know how did long live stay afloat during those times and how has it been the past couple of years you know since March of 2020 to now in yeah. terms of just getting back on everyone's feet sure I mean it was certainly tough in that we uh, built this beautiful new brewery and then we're just really getting into our groove in terms of staffing and new releases and having events and all that. And then, you know, to really be a year in and then have COVID hit us. And like every other small business, it has been tough to recover. Um, we certainly have had you know challenges that we have overcome. But I think the 
the biggest key to our success has been remaining as like agile as possible. Um, when we have to change, we do, and that I think has been the, the, the biggest help to it. Like communicating with our customers how we're changing, what's going on, has been very helpful. But you're right; you did have to go through a lot of different changes of just doing your window to you can come inside and purchase your beer versus sit outside, and now people can come inside and we're definitely trending in the right direction and I mean you guys can tell her because I am working right now I, I am still wearing a mask yep. um, our whole staff does remain masked for the time being but it's not required for our customers um, so just being able to be as flexible as possible yeah that's you know I remember yeah. clear as day May rolls around yeah you guys are open technically yep. um, you know, I dragged my dad with me two hours to come check on our place, and I said, "We're going to Long Live because their their window is open, right?" And that's you know, that's that's just a testament to what so many breweries around here and, and around the world really had yeah. to do in that time too. And then certainly there has been things that have gone on in the, in the industry that have made it difficult, like there were can shortages, and then uh, once, especially in Rhode Island, but it did occur in other states too, where states allowed people to sell off their draft system to sell retail, and a lot of people did that using crawlers, so then there was a crawler shortage. So, you know, certainly those supply chain issues impacted us, they impacted everybody else. They do continue to impact us as well to this day, but we're just trying to do the best we can, really. Yeah. So, what's next for Long Live? Uh, on much happier notes, I'm sure, as you mentioned, trending in the right direction. The the tap room's open, a lot of new stuff coming out. So what are you guys doing now? Yeah, so a lot of new stuff coming out. We continue to have a pretty aggressive schedule of releasing beer. Anyone who follows us for a while knows that we do between two to three releases per week. So that will continue. Always new stuff. Always new stuff. It's incredible. IPAs. Um, we today actually, um, anyone visiting us today, we actually did a, a fun thing called the Cellar Selects, where we took three cases of bottles of things that we had released and just put you know 36 of them for sale today um so kind of first come first serve how quickly did that last there's still a few left oh so if you're well after us there, i don't think there'll yeah. be any more so yeah, whatever things like so having that inventory i mean cellaring does take a long time so when we barrel age stuff that's really an investment in the beer of the future if you will um, so that allows us to have more fun, especially with, um, again, with COVID trending in the right direction, the weather getting nicer. We definitely have some special events planned that you guys have to keep your eye out for, but we have a really great courtyard here and some friends that we're hoping to partner with some fun, like, mock party type things, like festivals. We have that coming out. Um, so mostly special events. There'll be some coming out in the spring and summer. Yeah. All good stuff. All good stuff. Well, Veronica... We appreciate the time. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but where can our listeners find Long Live on Instagram, social media, and where can they come visit the tap room? Yeah, so you can find us on social media. We're on all platforms. If you search Long Live Beer Works, that will get you to us. We are located at 40 Spray Street. Um, off of uh, Elmwood Avenue. Uh, so it's pretty easy to find. Easy. We, we you got to get to Longwood, everybody. We are in a courtyard, so you do have to kind of walk into it. So if you do get lost, just call us. We'll right next to Need Donuts, if you are familiar, yes. We have beer and donuts. I mean, there's no better combo. No better combo. Um, Veronica Pisak, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, we're very excited to, to come back and enjoy, hopefully, plenty more pints uh, here at Longwood. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate Thanks. it.
All right, interview number two of the day, the man of the hour, Nick Championi. What up? What's up, man? What up? Former Artist Republic. Congrats on the sale. Thank you. Uh, what else are you doing? I mean, you're the product lead of our work. You are now part of RI uh, Rhode Island Startup, the Founders and Friends. Uh, you're a couple advisory roles now. I mean, you're doing a little bit of everything. What's what's new in the world of Nick? Yeah, so obviously the history in, in Artist Republic's been great. Um, I was in the music industry for 10 years, uh, and the music industry is great, but it also really sucks at the same time. Uh, it's like, you know, it's it's really fun, but it's it's a very difficult industry. Um, and so, you know, after that, I have a, an affinity for music, but, uh, you know, after selling Artists Public, I really wanted to dive in more to, like, outside of things like what is entrepreneurship what is you know what are other startups doing and also you know take everything I've learned from now being you know a second or third time founder and bring that somewhere else um, because I think that's like a big advantage to have on a team is like someone that's like been there and been like I've been from starting an idea to growing an idea to scaling an idea to selling an idea um, and being able to have that I think is now like it's fun like working with other people's ideas working with idea is tough <laughs> So we also wait. We did forget recurring guests. Well, I was about to say yeah, recurring guests. Story yeah. has been told in a bridged version of yes, on yes. A previous episode. Yeah, Welcome yes. back. To the yes. Show. No, thank you. That's well, before the uh, artist republic got acquisition. Well, yeah. pre acquisition and pre cease and desist from TikTok. Oh, uh, that was pre cease and desist from TikTok. <laughs> we got the new logo. Was, we got the new logo. I'm rocking yes. the new logo tonight. I actually have so many hoodies from artist public that like I have. Old logo hoodies, new logo hoodies, and I'll never know what I'm gonna wear that day. Uh, yeah, that was fun waking up. I uh, I have a long like uh, I have like a wall in my house where I like, frame a lot of stuff. I think it's cool from startups and memorability. And uh, one of the one of the things I have on that wall is any cease and desist I've ever received. Uh, <laughs> How many are there? Got KJP. I think it's like six. Yeah, because you know the KJP. Yeah. six is pretty. Yeah, that's six. Cool. It's it's like six brands to tell you to fuck off. Basically, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's one of those things though. It's like if you're not, if someone's not scared of you, you're not doing something wrong. Um, like I've said, cease and desist before because people have like encroached in your lane, and you're like, you know what? Stay in your lane. I stay in my lane, and a cease and desist is more like that. So like they're not scary. Like I think they're kind of funny. Um, it's a good story to tell on a yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. right. It's a great story to tell on a podcast. It was like, yeah, should we like fabricate a beef with somebody just to give them we a We almost did with uh, the emojis. We <laughs> well, almost did with emojis. Yeah, that's like, you know, I, I think you, you made a good point. I mean, our old logo to that, to that point, too. It's like, you know, you have your wall of memorabilia of, oh. and your closet of random shit with the old logo. Yep. You know, for a long time in our old place, we had the old Beers, Business, and Balls flag with the emoji logos on it. Yeah. And you can't use the emojis to promote, right? You uh, can't use them as your own marketing collateral. I know. So yeah. hence what you see behind you. Yeah. You drawings. Drawings. It's new. It's new, new stuff. Right? It's new, new. Okay. New, new. <laughs> new, new. Um, let's talk about how the acquisition went down, first okay. of all. Artist Republic, you know, you're, you're building, you're scaling, you're selling, you're talking to customers. And then you go and you get some phone calls, right? What, yeah. How did this all go down? So I think the biggest thing to remember when like you're running a company is like your goal of an entrepreneur is a couple things. One, like you want to push like your company and yourself to a limit, undoubtedly committed, undoubtedly committed to that mission. 
But the hard part about that is when you do that, you also need to know when to walk away. And there was a point where we got to Artist Public where as the CEO of a company that is actually a C-Corp, you have investors and board of directors, you have a fiduciary duty to you know, get the best return for the people who invested in their stakeholders in your company. And so we made that decision. We were going to Series A, and we made this, the strategic decision at that point, like, we knew where the market was going. We were trying to Series A the company at a point when NFTs were just coming out. There was no way that a VC was going to invest in a music technology company that was not doing blockchain. And so at that point, we made that realization. We're like, look, we need to be smart here. We have acquisitions on the table. Now we need to actually take those things seriously and see which one of them is going to turn into fruition. Um, so we started these conversations in August of 2021. Um, and at that point, we that was so ended recently. up. So recently, yeah, that was like this all went down pretty quick. Huh? Oh yeah, it went down pretty quick. Um, Long-ish, but still praying. Definitely too long. <laughs> but like, I'm still dealing with stuff in the acquisition now. Um, but you know, it's great. You know, we we started it then. We finalized a, a you know letter of intent at the end of October. We had to crank to beat January first because obviously on January first they're tax season changes. Right. So you had to get the company changed over before January 1st, all that stuff. And yeah, so we did that and, and that was really how it went down. It was a, you know, great experience. I think you learn a lot from that. You know, like I said, like starting a company, growing a company, and then selling a company. It's a, a totally different experience from every point. And I think all of us entrepreneurs have ADHD and now it's nice to like not feel guilty for like focusing on other stuff. You're focusing on a lot. I mean, one of them right now is RI Startup, right? Startup RI. Yes. So it's like we're at the Founders and Friends event right here. Number two, very exclusive. The crowd is filling in as we speak. But what is the goal of Startup RI and what is the goal of these different types of events? Yeah, so the goal of specifically the Founders and Friends events, you know, which is under this, this brand of Startup RI is really, you know, when you look at other cities that have building a, a bustling startup ecosystem, you know, they have co-working spaces, they have money, and they have stuff for people to do. There's a lot in Rhode Island for people to do. There's Venture Cafe, there's a Rhode Island Hub, there's all these different things that can support an entrepreneur, but there's nothing that makes an entrepreneur want to be like, yo, I got friends here that like, I want to stay here. And it's a lot of name tag events, and the whole idea behind the Founders and Friends events is like, let's host an exclusive event, like, and what I mean by exclusive is like, all you have to do is join the email list. Like, join the email list and you'll get an invite. But if you don't, you just won't get an invite. And then we'll pick a random location. Nobody, like, technically, yes, I started it, but it's not an entity. Like, we don't, there's no owner of it. Like, if you're like, hey, I want to get interested after this event, we'll probably have another Zoom call. We'll be like, hey, guys, who wants to join the Zoom call and just pick our next location? We'll pick the location. We'll pick the event. And then, you know, 10, 20, 30 of us will all just, as a collective, promote that event. Um, and really the goal is, actually, truly, I don't know the goal. I don't know the end goal. <laughs> it's still uh, early. It's we're, still yeah, early. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see where like it goes. This is one of those things, because it's not an entity and, like, you know, you guys aren't making revenue, obviously. Yeah. It's just, just go and see what, see what happens. Exactly. There's no, there's no entity. We're not charging people. You know, nobody's making money here. Um, it's kind of just like. There's a lot of people around here, so why not all support each other um, and all like have a great beer? To your point, there's a lot of people around here. Yep. And despite you know what the rankings say on, on how Rhode Island is to start a business, right? It, it's this is a community that's long been looked at in New England as you know 
a really robust startup community. So as far as Rhode Island goes, right, what do you believe the strengths are about this community to be successful, specifically kind of in the entrepreneurship world? You know, why Rhode Island to, to start a business? Well, so the biggest reason why I say Rhode Island is on the East Coast, you don't really have a gen tech, like startup capital. Like Boston is very much medical and biomed, stuff like that. Which is why, you know, a company like us being a music company, that's why we came here. And that's why, you know, you look at Bradley, which is a, you know, an outside enterprise sales company. You know, that's, not, that's an out-of-the-box company. That company does well here. You look at Pangea with, with Adam and EdTech. That company does well here. You know, this is kind of like the home of like, it's kind of like the successful home of Misfit Toys. Um, <laughs> but like with support. And Rhode Island has really stepped up and said, like, hey, we're going to build incubator space. We're going to build this innovation district. We're going to do this stuff. The only thing that's missing now is money to keep people here. Um, and that's what I think, you know, that may be an end goal of this. Maybe, you know, you have 500 people that all come out to beers and they're like, hey, I want to throw in $1,000. And we open up a $5 million VC fund. We all put up $1,000. Like, you don't know. And that's the stuff that I think really, you know, has potential with Rhode Island. Um, and I compare, I say, like, Anything that worked well in Austin or Nashville will work in Rhode Island. Um, and I think the startup scene is kind of the same. And how can Rhode Island learn from its mistakes in the past? I mean, we've talked about, you know, <laughs> there have been a few of them. There's, 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 there's definitely been a few. But, you know, one Whether it's legislative little yeah, projects. Yeah, sure. and, um, you know, but how can Rhode Island, you know, after such a negative experience, turn around and be like, we need to make something happen here yeah. so we can do it better? So I think the best thing that they can do is, like, first off, don't be afraid to invest in a company. There's a difference between investing $72 million in one company and investing $72 million in 72 different companies. And so that's one thing that I think Rhode Island needs to do better is take away the stigma of what investing in a startup does. Because what people don't realize is when you invest a million dollars in a startup, that money goes in and it goes out. And when you're investing in a Rhode Island startup, that money comes into Rhode Island. It's going into payroll that's going into Rhode Island. It's going to unemployment attacks that goes into Rhode Island. They, those people that you're paying are then buying coffee at small businesses in Rhode Island and doing all this stuff in Rhode Island. So even though that million dollars, you know, is a lot, but it's going right back into the community. I think that's the biggest value behind something like that. Yeah, that makes it makes, it makes sense. perfect sense. Yeah. It's you know, it, I mentioned those rankings because I mean, you, you go on and you see like Go Local Prob, you see USA Today, and they all say like, wow, look at how shitty Rhode Island is to start a business. It's like 48th, 49th, and you know, I, I get it. There's some certain economic factors that you know, maybe yeah. it's more expensive too than like a Montana or North Dakota, you know, South Dakota kind of deal. But you know, at the end of the day, this is a community that has the right infrastructure to be successful. Yep got to move the needle and, and there's a difference between starting a business and starting a business like i think rhode island like my company for example i was from connecticut my company was registered in connecticut that's where my home base is that's where a lot of my stuff is but more importantly i know connecticut laws inside and out because that's where i'm from but my company was still headquartered here so does connecticut have a much favorable llc structures yes 100 percent. but does that you know does that mean rhode island is better or worse than Connecticut and starting a business? No. I was from Connecticut. I came here for a reason. It was a better place to headquarter my company. And I think when a lot of these places rank states, they're like, oh, based on the taxes or based on this or based on that. 
But you also have to think of a big factor of the community. Like when you're running a business, like you'll go to, like you'll be here at Long Live and you'll ask them what are their breweries in Rhode Island and they'll send you to other breweries. Yeah. Like that is so rare in so many communities that in Rhode Island, nobody cares. Like if there was another music company, me and them would probably be meeting and talking about how each of us can help each other. And that doesn't happen. And I think that's why, like one thing that Rhode Island has that not a lot of others have. And we've noticed that too, like on the podcast, talking to different brewers, like you made that point. It's like, they're all friends. They all yeah. collab on beers together. It's yeah. like, you go to anywhere else, they're like, that's my enemy. That's my target. I'm going to make yeah. sure they're not doing as well. Where it's here, it's like, oh, when you're stopping here, so make sure you head to Beer on Earth. Make sure you yeah. head to Moniker. All of these yeah. different places. So, Rhode but Island, to point I mean, too, it's, it's you a know, friendly spot. And Nick, you actually make a good point. It's like, you and I are from Connecticut. Will's from yeah. New York. Right. The amount of entrepreneurs in Rhode Island that you and I have talked to that aren't necessarily... They don't set up shop in Rhode Island, but they set their businesses up here. I mean, yeah. Jeff Goodnow from Moniker, yep. he's driving in from Connecticut. You've got a lot of business owners that live in the Boston area, but where's their business? Rhode Island. Yes. You actually make a great point of the people, yeah. how they're not necessarily, they don't have to be within the confines of the state, but yeah. rather they see some value in starting business here. And, and people don't realize the economic impact of that, too. Like, you know, yes, my business was registered in Connecticut, uh, but what? I paid, you know, 30 $300 a year to keep my business in Connecticut. That's great. So Rhode Island missed out on the 300 bucks. What would he do? <laughs> but Rhode Island got all of that other money that was going here through the company. The $2 million that we had was going to a local marketing agency. It was going to our employees. They were buying coffee. They were buying bagels. They were buying office space. All that different stuff impacts the economy way greater than what your business tax is going to be. Right. I agree. That's, that's a super interesting perspective that we haven't heard a lot. But, yeah. Um, so what's next? What's next for you? You're doing a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you've got your cushy nine to five now. Yeah, you're back on the nine to five. Track. Well, it's never nine to five. Yeah, but... never nine to five. Uh, well, with that, I'm actually I'm actually like a seven to five with them. Uh, half of my half of my team that I work with is in Hungary, so oh, I'm gonna okay. start at like seven a.m. in the morning. That's like uh, what, three, four o'clock for them. Oh yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Uh, you sound thrilled. <laughs> no, I love, sure I love those guys. Yes. I love those guys. But with that, going off of that, I think you know the biggest thing for me next is you know after selling artists in public, I think the biggest thing I realize is like there's a different side of entrepreneurship. Like you don't have to create this massive billion dollar unicorn. It ain't gonna happen. But like I found a great niche where like I'm in right now. Like I want to I want to see where the road goes. Like I work with startups nine to five help them grow and scale their businesses and maybe I'll move on to another startup. And, you know, I'm working with amazing teams. I love the guys that I work with. I love the product. And, you know, so I work with them for the next three, four, five years and then go and help with another startup. Uh, but then after hours, what else am I doing? You know, I'm working with uh, a local marketing company, helping them as a growth advisor and, you know, working with different people on, you know, helping their startups and advising and, you know, maybe launch my own stuff for, you know, just for fun. Like looking at coffee brands, looking at all these other stuff. Like, what am I going to do? Um, yeah, that like doesn't take time out of my nine to five, but it's fun five to nine. And like, more importantly, keeps you learning and like keeps your finger on the pulse. Because uh, as soon as you get your finger off the pulse of startup land, you're done. Yeah. And I mean, this whole episode was quotable, but you are now, I mean, it's still young, 24. 
23. Holy shit. You lived a lot of life at the age of 23, but going back to before you started Artists of Public. 24 again, though, too. I know, right? (laughs) Before you started all of these brands and before where you are now today, what advice do you wish you heard as a 17 or 18-year-old kid? Okay, one, one, number one, if you're not in college, this advice for you is, like, if something can make you money, just go all in on it. Like, there, there is a kid that I knew that was, I don't know, weird kid in high school, whatever, but just, like, out there, kind of, like, no one really knew what he was doing. He started a lawn care business. He's a multimillionaire now. We're in a lawn care business. Like, so many people doubted him, but, like, dude, good for you. Go and go do that. Like, if it can make you money, Go do it. So that's one thing. Now, the other thing is for, like, the kids in college that are, you know, starting companies, whatever. If you want to start a company and you're in college, do it before you graduate. So many kids, like, wait. Like, oh, I'm going to wait to do it, whatever. Do not do that because at the end of the day, like, there is no point in time in your life where you will be able to completely epically fail, lose all the money in your bank account, and if you're paying for college on loans, you still will have breakfast and a place to sleep, right? There is, that will not never wrong. happen yeah. again. You can fill yeah. in the gaps between yeah. that, between the free pizzas in school and yeah. between all the other random shit. And I know you guys get it. Like, I get it now, too. Like, now that I have, like, a actual, like, nine to five and a rent and healthcare and a car payment and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like looking at like this, like in-person coffee shop. I'm like, do I really want to put $2,000 on a lease? Or like, do I want to use $2,000 to pay for where I live? Um, and so <laughs> yeah. that's, that's definitely something to consider. Yeah. Like push comes to shove. You got to pay the bills at this point. Yeah, and that's, exactly. I feel like so that's why I leave it. Do it now. You might've even said that a couple of, you know, the last time we chatted on our pod, it's like, you, know, you never have the flexibility to just yeah. fail and screw so much shit up than you do in college. Obviously, that window is passed for all of us, but yeah. it's it's some good advice. Failing is the quickest way to success. Right. Like, the amount of ideas I have on my phone that are completely fails, I can probably pitch 15 of them right now. Like, I come up with more fails than good ideas. But when you follow a fail, it comes to an idea. And that's what I think is cool is, like, just because an idea is a fail, it actually may not be a failure at the end of it. So, like, just follow it and see where it goes. Because just because it's failing in its current state, you may come up with a new state for that same idea in two months. Because you learned something. Or you learned a solution. Now, it's not a fail. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't know until you got to that point. Always a pleasure, man. I was going to say, can't wait till Nick writes yeah. a book, huh? <laughs> That's got to be the next one. Or... Host I'm, about a podcast. 30, I'm about 30 way through my book. Host the a podcast. podcast, is the we, podcast we do know a few ready. guys that are, you know, maybe establishing a podcast network. Oh yeah, really? Do you? Do you? I didn't. I didn't know. The the podcast is in the book. Although uh, I don't know. I saw the the, the all the podcasts drama at Barstool. I'm gonna have to own my IP. But uh, <laughs> we'll give you that for sure. We'll give you that for sure. But to close right, out, no, thank you guys. I will yeah. uh, let you pass on to the next. No, you got to schmooze away. But where can our <laughs> listeners find your content and uh, follow you along this journey? Uh, so the best place right now is LinkedIn. Uh, you can spell my last name, which most likely it's in the description. Yeah, we'll just put it. You up. can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, that's my best place right now, to be completely honest. So, what um, how can people get involved with Startup RI too? I know we have uh, talked about it. Ristartup.com. RISTartup.com. Bingo. Is it Startup RI or RI Startup? It's technically Startup RI, but that domain wasn't available. So <laughs> you we went with you RI Startup. You own a ton of domain. I, I, I didn't a, get that I one. Actually, I actually got a fight with my girlfriend the other day. I can't oh, wait God. for her to listen to this podcast. Uh, actually, about how many domains I own. How many? 
It was like 192. I was gonna guess over <laughs> under like 120. I, yeah, I'm glad it was like 192, and they're like they're like 10 bucks a piece. And she was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And like I didn't tell her that like I already un auto renewed like half of them like six months ago. So like there's definitely another like. 60 or 70 in there. So Andrew uh, Gazeki from uh, from MicroAcquire. Yeah. He's a LinkedIn guy. Did you see his thing? His meme His post was, today? I showed it to my girlfriend. It was, <laughs> it was literally about that. It was like, idea. Yeah. Buys domain. And it's a vicious <laughs> cycle. And then you have finish and ship product yes. on the bottom and no arrows. So here's, here's, my, here's my hypothesis of domains. If you have an idea and you come up with a name and that domain for that like business name is available... That is a good idea. But if the domain is not available, it's not a good idea. <laughs> right. So if you can buy the .com or a .app or a .io, it's a good idea. If you can't, move on to something I like else. it. Not knocking the landlord's door, Nick. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 See if you can buy it off. Yeah. Oh, jeez. We cool. appreciate it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Best of luck to you. We'll be back. Yeah. yeah. I'll right. hand it off to the next guy. Thanks, guys. Sweet, man. Thanks. Before we head to the Timmy Keegan's interview, our ball segment is always presented by Manscaped. You've heard the drill before. The Lawnmower 4.0 is one of the best products any man, woman, and child can get their hands on. Uh, super great technology. Your balls will thank you later. They have products for everybody deodorants, lotions, different types of razors and blades. Uh, super, super convenient and super, super friendly to use. If you head over to their website, manscaped.com house, you get 20% off plus free shipping and handling or use the code house. Um, again, great products. We love them and we're happy to have them presenting the ball segment. So go over to manscaped.com house for 20% off and free shipping. Now here's Timmy Kagan's. All right, joining us today, America's favorite walk-on, Brian Basketball Phenom. Timmy Kiggins joins the pod, NEC champion. The Kiggins chats are already echoing in our room right now. I mean, <laughs> the boys are buzzing. We're happy to have you on. And uh, how's everything going? I mean, you're repping the, you're repping the hat. Yeah, I, don't I, got, see... I got my 22 champs right where's here. The, <laughs> where's the uh, net? It's in my room. I mean, I don't want to leave the camera, but I, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, how's everything going? Welcome on to the podcast, and uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I mean, I'm, I'm very tired. I haven't gotten much sleep in the past, you know, 70, 72 hours, but um, no, I've actually never felt better, to be honest with you. So, like, I don't, I don't want you to reveal anything that would put you at, you know, legal risk here, but, like, what, okay. how was Tuesday night? Like, how sick was that? I, it was insane. I we walked in. I knew it was going to be insane. I, Monday, I'm walking to uh, the chase, and I walk in, and I see my roommate laying down at 9 a.m. on the floor for like tickets at 12:30. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but uh, but now nah, it was. Um, I knew it was going to be obviously electric. You know, the, the time Wagner came about last Saturday, I think they got a sneak peek of what was going going to happen on Tuesday, and I, I mean. I think we were a little bit over capacity. Something tells me that there wasn't 2,600 people in there. I felt like people were like, honestly, like right behind the court. So no, nah, it was an awesome night. And it was one I'll definitely never, uh, never forget. Yeah. I mean, like this whole season, we'll, we'll, we'll take it back to last year where it's like, you know, no fans in the stands, which might've been the biggest difference maker for your season thus far. It's like, you guys were killing it at home, killing it obviously in the NEC championship, but take it back to last season, no fans in the stands. You guys, lose to uh mount in the championship 
what was the motto heading into, you know, this new 2021, 22 season being like, Hey, we can't fucking do this again. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I, you know, I talked about this with other people. I mean, I think it helps that all of our main core guys felt that feeling last year when we lost the mound on our, especially on our home floor. Um, and obviously we started off a little shaky this year, but I know we, we all believed in like the group we had and we, we knew that we could really turn things around. We knew we had a special group. So, I mean, we kind of just kept at it. And, you know, when it got to, there was sort of like a month left in the season and, every, and like Grass always was telling like us and the older guys, like, you know, this is it. Like for guys like Hall, for guys like Pete, like this is your last month to like, you know, give it everything you have. There shouldn't be any regrets. There shouldn't be any of it, like any of that stuff. So um, now coming into playoffs, I knew we were really, really locked in and we never wanted to feel that feeling again that we had last year. So, you know, the record was great and all, and you guys had a, a ring and obviously cut down some nets, but you got some burn this year too. Uh, you got played in 10 games. I mean, that's something you hadn't done before. That was pretty yeah. sick. Uh, yeah. you know, there's, I, I'm looking forward to when Grasso puts you in against Gonzaga and you get like, you know, maybe a couple, like uh, a couple threes at the end of the game, just to bump your uh, points per game up a little bit. I know. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't scored this year. It's honestly been a disappointment. I, I feel like I'm, letting, I feel like I'm letting a community down. But Ken, uh, I wish there was a future we could put down on like will Timmy Kiggins score because I would throw my bank account. I, I, would <laughs> I would hammer it. I mean, every time it's like the games I've been to this year. It's like when the crowd chants you on. It's like the Bulldogs want you. The Bulldogs yeah, want you in. They want they want Kiggins to score. And I mean, you've had you've had a couple chances where it's like. I mean, I know. is I know. that is that on you or is that the pressure? No, what is it's, it? it's all 100. I mean, I'm I'm not the type to make excuses. So I, I mean, I'm just doing a poor job of you know, they 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 do all that and cheer for me, and I I can't provide them a bucket. So that's definitely on me. He's a man of the people. He's humble. <laughs> um, on a serious note, though, I mean, you were you walked on this group, right? The, the talent's obviously insane. Um, what's that like walking into practice to game environments with guys like, with guys like Pete Kiss, with guys like Chuck, I mean, Hall, Luis, you name it, really. You have to have learned a bunch from them just from being around them. So, you know, how's that experience been these past couple of years? Yeah. Um, definitely in the beginning, my freshman year when I came in, it was kind of a little like intimidating playing against those guys. But I mean, I've played on AAU teams back home and like high school games where, you know, I'm playing against high major players. So it was kind of a, it was kind of an experience where like, you know, all right, like I can maybe hang with like compete with these guys at least. Um, but no, I definitely learned a lot from guys like, you know, Luis Pete Hall, guys who have been other places in the country, you know, Luis played at a, like a higher mid-major UAB, you know, Pete obviously, you know, played at Quinnipiac, played at Rutgers. So they all, know things and they've been in college basketball for a lot of years so I've definitely learned from guys like those and how special is it I mean you know you've been here for a couple seasons but you and Chuck are the last two in your class and now you finally hoist that trophy up in the chase you get those NEC rings for Brian I mean how cool of a feeling is that <laughs> it was awesome honestly uh yeah no me there was five kids in our class with me and Chuck and uh, it seems like every year we start dwindling down and so it's only two of us I I don't see myself hitting the transfer portal anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, no, but we need a hot commodity for the bench mob. You don't not, know. You don't know. <laughs> Jimmy Kiggins is not in the portal, folks. He's not in it. Breaking 
No, I always I always joke around you know, with the older guys. I was like, you know, I should start like national championship ring chasing. You know, enter my name in the portal. And be like, I don't got to play a minute. You know, I'll, just, I'll do the little things for the program. I'll put people in the seats. But no, um, yeah, no, it was awesome because, you know, he works so hard. I, I see what he does all the time. It's so funny because like it'll be a Saturday night and I'll, I'll text him like, yo, let's go out. He's like, nah, I'm in the gym. So, I mean, I, all those guys put in insane amount of work and I'm just so happy we were able to do it you know, win the championship on our home floor. So. To talk about Pete, too, who's got a lot of press, right? He obviously, you know, we don't have to go over exactly. I mean, he played a Big Ten school and a Mac school, right? And he just carved it up in, in the NAC these past couple of years. The, the word is polarizing that people are using for him. He's kind of like the guy that you – and this is, like, objectively true. You either love him when he's on your side or you hate him when he's not, right? Yeah, exactly. Like – I don't know, like how much of a lift is a guy like him who would just like, he's going to run down the floor. He's going to slam, slam it in your face. He's going to talk a bunch of shit to you on the way back. Like how much of a lift does that give you guys? Nah, he's awesome. You know, and, and the best part about it is he like, he loves you. You guys seen him at the game. He loves every second of it. Um, me and him were actually in the locker room today and, and obviously Bryant Wagner is a hot commodity on Twitter. And, you know, somebody, somebody tweeted, I haven't hated a basketball player a quarter amount of the way I hate Peter Kiss. Through <laughs> 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 this guy, I'm like, dude, you don't even know the guy. Like, how many buckle them? But now nah, he's awesome. And 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 the thing is, like, that stuff. Whenever like people say stuff about him, like, I, it definitely gives him an extra edge. Not that he needs that. He's such a good player, but I mean, no, I mean, not that he needs like you know the snub for player of the year. First of all, I mean, yeah, that, look what he did the other night too. I, I yeah. did that not make it crystal clear, you know, who the player of the year should have been. Um, I mean, I would say, obviously, uh, Alex Brown is a really good player. I, I can't say, you know, he's awesome. But, I mean, I, let's just say I, I'm happy with the guy we got in our locker room. I, I <laughs> That's a, it's the political answer, but it's the right one for, for 100%. Sure. So. Now, I want to bring something up. I saw your dad tweet this. He's college. Your, Brian Hoops uh, retweeted it. How my, dad, my dad tweeted it was a picture. Oh fuck! I have the blur background. It's a picture of Sports Center in the morning, and the headline. Oh my brother! Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, that was it your goes, brother. Yeah, that was your brother. Oh, that was your brother. It goes um, NCAA tournament bubble watch, Bucks Warriors reaction, Monday break bracket breakdown, and then a picture of you yeah. kissing the trophy on ESPN. I mean. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> now, honestly, I mean, I mean, I'm now I'm so pissed. I didn't even freaking watch Sports Center this morning. I I would have definitely, you know, liked to be sitting there like just with all like my roommates just watching. All of a sudden, my pictures on there. No, but that's so funny. Like the way, it's so funny how this media thing works. I always seem to find my face on there. <laughs> I'll look on Instagram. It'll be like Barcelona. Brian will be like, these guys are going to lead us to a championship. It's like a graphic of me and Pete. I'm like. <laughs> Hey, you are the morale booster. We got to give you that. You are I'll the take morale you. I, I, I love all the support. I, I, I'm, I'm a big media guy. So when, it, when, when people ask me to like come on things like these, I'm like, hey, I'll come on anytime you want. Doesn't we love matter. it. We love it. Yeah, so, no, mean, that was so funny. You guys obviously won on Tuesday, and you're not figuring out what the next move is on Sunday. But what has the past couple of days have been like? Yeah, so we had um, – Obviously, Coach Grosso gave us a couple of days to, you know, settle down, get get our bodies right, get uh, get a couple of rest the past couple of days. So, I mean, Wednesday and Thursday, we didn't have practice. We kind of went just light today, you know, shooting, you know, getting back into the groove of things. But 
he uh everybody knows like tomorrow we're gonna start you know ramping ramping stuff up again and it's kind of it's kind of annoying because you know we we just practice like to go over our stuff uh because you know we have no idea we're playing so obviously we'll find that out on Sunday and then whether it's in the first four whether it's not I mean we get a, we get a private jet out here so I'm, I'm very excited for you got that the DJ so. you got the PJ, got the PJ. <laughs> yeah of course um but yeah I mean we'll find out Sunday and then it's go time so I'm excited in your eyes, would you rather like go and you don't have to, you can just straight up tell me to go fuck myself if you don't want to answer this. Would you guys rather, or maybe even you personally, would you rather go to Dayton first and play in, or would you rather play against like a, a number one or two seed first round? Um, honestly, I know, I, you know, if you ask Ross, he's going to say, I don't really care who we play. We'll just go beat him anyway. But yeah. what's, what's realistic? Like, what would you guys as players, you know, rather, rather prepare for, rather do to start? I mean, for me personally, I think it would be kind of cool. Obviously, you know, to lose in a playing game, it, it would stink because then you don't really get like the true NCAA tournament experience. But I also think it would be really cool. You know, let's, let's say we are picked in for a playing game on like a Tuesday night where there's no other game going on. It's the, like the first Everyone's watching and where it's the first like NCAA tournament first four. not that it doesn't get the same hype, but it, it really, it does. It, it gets a lot of hype, obviously. So, I mean, when everybody's watching, there's no other games like on that first Thursday and Friday, there's four games going on. People are just, you know, flipping their channels. Whereas if, you know, if we played a first four game, you know, we get a lot of like you know, media coverage and we've been, we'd be playing like the only game at this time. So, you know, everybody would be watching. So, I mean, that'd be pretty cool, but yeah, I mean, to answer that, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just happy to be there, to be honest. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And I mean, like, going back, it's like, how wild was it seeing, like, everybody was talking about Brian Wagner on Twitter for various reasons, but everyone it was, was talking. It was so crazy. I'm in my room, like, an hour after the game. It's, like, trending. Russia, Ukraine, Brian basketball, Peter <laughs> Kiss. <laughs> Peter Kiss. Yeah, oh World God. War Three, and, you know, Chase. The, yeah, the I was like, said Chase, you know, and, like, oh. an NEC championship. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and there was, like, a headline. It was, like, disgrace at the Chase. I was, like, oh, my goodness. That's actually kind of a good name. Like, that's. Yeah, I don't know. Whoever like, came up with You know there's some creative people out there. So. <laughs> oh. uh, I mean. So what's next? It's like you guys are prepping, ready to go on Sunday. I mean, how are how are the boys feeling? How's everyone feeling in the locker room? How is the preparation looking? And uh, you know, what's in store for Brian basketball the next couple of days? Uh, I guess you could say like like Grasso said when he cut down the net. You know, he he got the fans excited. He said we're not done yet. Um, obviously, whoever you know we match up with is going to be an extremely extremely tough matchup and we're probably going to have to play our top level of basketball to make some noise. But I mean, we're, we're, we're not going to go into a game ever, you know, thinking we're going to lose. So I mean, that's just a poor mentality to go into the games with. So, I mean, I, I hope we can keep this thing going, you know, and we definitely have. Oh, no, we're good. Sorry. Uh, no, I have my fault. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think we definitely have the talent to, you know, do something special, but that would be awesome if we can make some noise. 100%. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pumped to watch you guys uh, go chase that. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that's so sick. Very happy that you guys get the opportunity. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be rooting for you. And I will try to find a place I could place a future of Timmy Kiggins over under <laughs> half a point. Um, you at least got to get so. I think we, I think as a crew, we got to get some Timmy Kiggins merch going. I saw yeah. Peter Kiss's merch. I yeah. saw his merch. I think House Enterprise can get some I, Kiggins merch going. 
if I get some, if I get some merch, I'll promote it like no other. So it's a, all right. We'll talk. We're, we're, we're going to have to talk. We'll yeah, get you say, absolutely. NIL. It's all NIL. It's all certified house. It's, all, it's all legal now. It's, it's all, legal. all legal. We'll get some merch going and yeah. you tell us what you want on a t-shirt. We'll get your face slapped on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, Hey man, we appreciate the time. It's a Friday night. Go party it up, but also Get your body right. Get no, ready. Don't party it all, up. You gotta get. The, you gotta get the body right. All, all the students are gone. It's spring break. We're the only ones here. Oh shit, that's true. Yeah. So just keep. So I, I got. I got. I got a nice night to myself tonight. So. See and uh, and the manager who's getting lunch. Yeah, the laptop. I forget. How can I forget my boy B Rad? <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate it, man. Good luck this couple weeks, and uh, we're riding the dogs. We're riding the hey, dogs. Thank you, thank fellas. You. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And that was just the first ever threefer. I mean, it hit all categories. We finally got an interview at Long Live and Veronica was incredible. Always great catching up with Nick. Um, he's doing a lot of great stuff. And I mean, you'll, you'll see from him a ton. He's definitely very interested in House Enterprise, maybe a podcast. We teased it in the interview. And then of course, the People's Champ, Timmy Kagans. Uh, we have now learned that they will be playing Wright State in the play-in. Um, in Dayton, Ohio, getting ready for San Diego, where they might face off against the number one ranked Arizona. Uh, well, I mean, it's it a sucks. Segue. That's it's a, a perfect, shitty draw. I'm it's sorry. A draw. It's a shitty draw. <laughs> but it's a good segue into the big dance. The yeah. Big dance. March. To the, the time's here, folks. This is – Yeah. March is mad. Um, the bracket's out. Brackets I, out. Here we'll I am be, sitting by the time with this is, by the time this episode's up, we'll have an official College Hoops Digest yes. bracket uh, Buster tournament. But there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Selection Sunday always comes with plenty of surprises. Conference tournaments always come with surprises. I mean, you know, before we get into the bracket, we'll just run through a couple of quick ones. Uh, we all picked the Power Five plus the Eight Ten, so I guess the Power Six, if you want to you know, flirt with it, but we all picked the uh, people who would win it, the teams that would win it. And Josh is the only one that got three, right? I got two, you got none. And Basil got I really one. get no power six, right? You got nothing. So oh. yeah, I mean, Providence, big letdown of the Big East, Kentucky and Auburn, shit the bed in the SEC, the Big 10, Purdue lost to Iowa and we all had Illinois. Um, Big 12, Baylor. Nope. It was Kansas. Duke. I don't think, I mean, Duke was going to be the team that makes it to the championship. They can't, they might, they might lose in the first round, Duke. They are ridiculous. Uh, the Pac 12, we gave it to Arizona. You say Duke's going to lose in the first round. They might. The way they've been playing, the way they've been playing, they, let's go back into this, you know, ACC tournament. They almost lost to Syracuse, kind of squeezed it out at the end. They only won by four against Miami. And then you lose to Virginia Tech. Come on. Come on. After getting your wheels kicked off against UNC and, and Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor, I don't think Duke has it this year. I really do not. And I wanted them to. I thought they were going to be a Final Four team. I'm very reluctant. Uh, I just, there's something about it. I'm sitting here with my paper bracket. This is past one. I did just an instant print and just let, let me get my thoughts out basically on this paper. I, I don't like it. I don't like what I did. Um, I, 
I'm just going to come out and say that. I think to digest it here, though, your gut reactions are that Duke's a fraud. I get it. Listen, and that's – I understand the the line logic here. Um, like, Duke had some interesting showings. Interesting, to say the least. Virginia Tech, they're good, though. I will say they're good. They proved that they belong. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I, I think I'm riding two teams here, and I think Duke's one of them, sadly, and I think Iowa's the other. Iowa looks pretty damn good right now. Um, Iowa looks good. Um, there's so many storylines. Though, like, does Auburn get revenge? You know, does uh, does, can UConn make a run? I mean, is Providence going to get out of the first round? Basically, these are questions and i guess that leads into the first subject basically which is first pass we've got a lot of time to digest this but in the first pass is there any team maybe with a a two-digit seed like a 10 and up or 10 and higher that you think has a legit possibility to to at least win a couple of games or make a run or just something that you like to draw basically I mean, I'm just going to go through some of my favorite games, which end up being those double-digit ones. I mean, the one that kind of surprised me, Rutgers-Notre Dame. That, whoever yeah. whoever wins that matchup, I think can, you know, go in and upset Alabama, even surprise Texas Tech afterwards. And, you know, that's like, that's a true first-round battle, which you're like, holy shit. Like, those are teams that, like, fought it till the end, you know, have pretty solid resumes. and um are gonna surprise some people not a double digit matchup but i really like the marquette unc eight Hmm. nine or nine eight rather i think that one's going to be another um hard fought out but one team that i will two teams actually that i'm going to put up 12 and 13 make upsets uab over houston and chattanooga over illinois all right i'm super high the Chattanooga one is on my list. I like that one. I need to hear what makes your what, what why you're picking UAB though. I need to hear it. I mean, this jelly kid, man, he can <laughs> shoot. He can shoot. And Houston, I feel like every year is kind of a letdown. I don't think they're going to go far. I think they're always ranked higher than they should be. And statistically, a 12 is going to beat a five. If we're going to the rest of the 12 and fives, I mean, Richmond and Iowa, I don't think so because I, I really am bullish on Iowa. Um, either Wyoming and who does Wyoming play? Wyoming has Indiana and they play St. Mary's after. So maybe, maybe. I think that's legit. Yeah, that's I, legit. I can see Indiana winning a game or, or and then even New Wyoming. Mexico, yeah, and then New Mexico State, UConn. I don't think New Mexico State's going to yeah, win that Yeah, I don't know. I'm just really digging the UAB, but Chattanooga is my kind of my sleeper team at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving yeah. the mocks, man. Yeah, um, until, they, until they match up against Bryant in the Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, when Bryant beats Arizona by 20. <laughs> hey, man, crazier things. Peter Kiss is the man in the black hat. Um, yeah, but I guess, I, I mean, we'll, we'll head to you next, and then I kind of want to hear – some of your surprises or snubs. I, I like Chattanooga. I just like the way the mocks play. Like they, this, uh, this Jean Baptiste kid is very good. Uh, David Jean Baptiste is the one that hit the, the buzzer beater three to send the Chattanooga mocks 
to their auto bid. Uh, they beat Furman in overtime. That was pretty sick. Um, I, I just don't know about UAB over Houston. I, I had my doubts about Houston because I picked Memphis to win the conference tournament. Um, Houston fucking manhandled them today. They, they kicked their ass. So for that reason, I am, I think I've got to go Houston there. Um, let's see. You know who I'm let down by? I don't care if I'm canceled on Twitter by all of the must bus. Arkansas is letting me down. These past couple of weeks, I wanted to like them. I was rooting for them. Hell, I almost picked them to win the SEC. That Vermont team is going to punch them in the mouth, man. I don't Vermont's know if they'll win. Vermont's but good. That Vermont team Vermont's is good. a very, very good basketball team. Ryan Davis, one of the best forwards I think I've seen this year in person. Seen a lot of college basketball in person. He's he's good. He's a pretty good player. Uh, ben Shunku's having another career year. Vermont just kicked UMBC's ass, too. And it's UMBC, but they're riding high. I don't think they've lost in a long amount of time. Um, yeah, they had one loss. Oh, my God. So after they lost to Providence on December 7th, they had one loss, and it was a one-point overtime loss on the road to Hartford. And that's it. They won every single game after that. So their Ken Palm ranking is 59. That's crazy. They're on to something. I think Vermont can beat Arkansas. I'm not sure that they can beat UConn, but maybe they can make it close in the second round. And that's a take. Um, You know, another big upset I have, I need to figure out if I, like, I just need to commit if I want Indiana or Wyoming to, to win because one of them, I think Indiana can win two games. If they play St. Mary's and then they play UCLA, I think Indiana wins both of them. And then Indiana gets Baylor. Interesting stuff. Mike Woodson, he's been a surprise, man. He, they were, they, who did they beat? Indiana upset um, Michigan. And then who was the second team? Was it, it was Illinois. Yeah, they beat. Illinois, Michigan first in Illinois, and they lost to Iowa. Iowa beat yeah. them. Uh, Iowa, was, Iowa, Iowa um, won it all. So I'm, I'm also going to take a shoe in. Like, I will probably bet a few units on this. Iowa State over LSU first round, 11 6. So is Will Wade LSU not just, there? No, <laughs> he's not there. And LSU's in the tournament. They couldn't wait. <laughs> no, because they're getting their allegations, I guess. I don't know. I just, I like started to write an L and I'm like, no, wait, Will Wade's not there. What the fuck? They're not going to try. Yeah. Or they, mm. Mm. they could be like a John Gruden situation where they rally around, but I don't know. I think Iowa state's like, they, they had a pretty good start to the year that I think there's just too much talent on that team. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I still need to sit back tonight and look again. Um, I'm still liking Loyola Chicago at 10. Hmm. I like uh you know who I like at 10 is Miami over USC. Miami over USC. I like silly enough, I mean, the way Virginia Tech just had this little buzz, I think they could upset Texas. Yeah, I'm worried about Texas' defense. That's the only thing. Yeah, Texas has been kind of a letdown. Murray State San Fran is gonna be a good matchup. I think Murray's going to beat him. And here's my big take. I'm just going to make a stupid take here. I think Murray can beat Kentucky next round too. 
I mean, St. Peter's in the first round isn't a cakewalk. It's a win, well, but it's not a cakewalk. Yeah, sure. Maybe they'll loosen them up. But Murray, I think if Murray gets past San Fran, I think they can beat Kentucky. Memphis, Boise State, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just going around. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of good competition. I think that this is one of the – I mean, obviously, March Madness is always crazy in the brackets. You know, no one ever has a perfect one. I think there's just going to be a lot of surprises out of this uh, this tournament specifically. The way college basketball has been where it's been so, like – you know, round circle of like teams winning and losing. And there's no clear cut favorite. Like everyone last year had, you know, at least Gonzaga to the championship. I don't think there's like two teams right now that you're like, Oh yeah, that team, one of these two teams are, is a championship team. I don't think so. I really do not think so. I think maybe the Zags are, they've got it. They were loosened up by a lot of those better teams earlier this year, which is interesting, but I don't know. Um, Let's screw around and for time's sake, we'll pick the, pick the play in winners now. <laughs> um, oh shit. I like Rutgers to beat Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I'll just rapid fire mine and you can give yours. Rutgers over Notre Dame in 11. Um, Brian, we have to pick Brian over Wright State. Yeah. After, after that conversation with Timmy, I mean, I can't uh, not pick him. Um, Texas Southern is objectively a much better team than Corpus Christi. And I'm going to take Indiana over Wyoming. That's going to be a good matchup though. Wyoming's good. Um, I think that's, I think that's my four. Yeah. I think that's my four. Any one of those people win. What I'm, I'm going on record and saying Indiana beats St. Mary's first round by 10, maybe by yeah. five. So, okay. So you're saying Indiana beats St. Mary's. I, I would agree to that. I honestly think Rutgers can beat Alabama as well. If they catch them right. Um, 16s. I mean, it's so fucking hard, you know, it's like you, you know, you can get ahead of it and be like, Oh yeah, Brian can upset Arizona and stuff. And, you know, I'm going to keep it positive and keep it real. I'd love to see it. I think it'll be a good matchup if it happens. I think it'd be a good matchup. Yeah, I think so too. It would be interesting. Will my money-making bracket have Bryant? Maybe, maybe not, but there will be a bracket out there that has Bryant upsetting them and I will be a writer of it. So Bryant against Seton Hall or TCU next round. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> At that point, you got to take them to the Sweet 16. And I mean, if they're at the sweet 16 and, you know, I go back and say it's Chattanooga or UAB, put them in the elite eight. Okay. I'm I'm very sorry to Jared and to Timmy, who's going to listen to this and to to Luke State Lifer and all the guys that are going to listen to this from Bryant. I I can't be doing that. I think Bryant Bryant could be an Oral Roberts. I think Bryant could be an Oral Roberts. And then they're going to meet their match against Villanova. And then reality is going to kick it. You know, oh, if it wasn't Arizona, I would agree with you. It's just, it's just Arizona. Yeah, but Arizona could be looking like it's just Bryant. I know. And fucking again, it's it's one of those things where are, we're talking fallacies right now, but like it's not out of the question. It really is not out of the question. The team 
the team that we saw against Wagner, which was only supposed to win by two points and had, you know, like the game before, obviously they were in front of the home crowd, but the game before that they lost in overtime and, you know, the wheels have been clicking. Paul Elijah looks healthier than ever. Eight blocks in the NEC championship game. The duo of Peter Kiss and Charles Pride is very, very lethal. Nations like being scored duo. Yeah. I think at least in the first half, again, if they get it past Wright State, the first half you're going to be like, let's go back to the locker room and readjust because, you know, Pride and Kiss are fucking making baskets out of nothing. And Paul Elijah is defending the paint like the Great Wall of China. You know, you may have just made a good point because I just looked. Arizona starts one, two, three, four, four freshmen and one sophomore. And you know for a fact, if they get past Wright State, Grasso is going to look at them and say, hey, these dudes are younger than you guys. You know, they're going to try and intimidate you, but they're younger than you. And that might fire them up a little bit. Put a little pressure on them. You're facing some men. You're facing some men. And again, there's been crazier things that happened. and. I just want to do a quick last time a 16 beat a one. Well, you're it's only one. It's UMBC uh, against Virginia. That's the only 16 seed that beat a one seed. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only thing that would actually back that up, like that's that's I'm not immediately saying like no, is because if they both, you know, Bryant's seventh in adjusted tempo in the nation, Arizona's eight. So that's pretty, you know. Uh, I would be worried if it was like, all right, they play slow. It's a lockdown defensive game. They're a good defensive team, but they're they're going to run a gun at you right, right back. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, it was only UMBC, but nine times a 15 beat in a two. So, you know, <laughs> the magic's still there. <sighs> I the magic so. is still there. I do. That would be so sick. Um, and it's, again, it's their first first tournament ever. It could go both ways. It could be, you know, overexcitement, or it could be, let's get ready to work. Hope it's the second one. I hope and it's I the think. second. I really do. I mean, I thought, I, I knew there were going to be a play in. We talked about it. I was really hoping when the fucking brackets were being revealed that it was going to be a fourteen. I really did. I really That's, did. Yeah, I get it, but it's like. Oh, Bryant's the uh, analytically analytically yes team. Kempom, NET, I get that. Like analytically, but again, if you're I I don't know. I think they need to take more of like the personnel factor into this and also look at just like who they beat in as well. It's like if Wagner was a 14 and you beat the 14, that's in my mind. So am I hearing Bryant Moneyline on Wednesday night? Yeah, I'm, I, oh yeah. I mean, they're. I think they're beating Wright State. I really, I really do. You know, hats off to Wright State. They've had a nice little run in themselves, but I don't. I think that, especially with this team in Grasso, you got to make it to the field of sixty-four. You have to. After so. that, after that is icing on the cake. But to call this season a success, make it to the field of sixty-four. I, I hope so. I hope that's so. the only that's that's it. Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't close the show without at least mentioning PC. 
Um, the Providence Friars, a, I, I was worried about this. I went on record with you. I said, you know, worried about Providence, worried that they're going to get bounced by a team and just not come out and have it. Um, I was right. I knew you were worried about it too. And Creighton. That was the worst. Per, that was the worst two games their entire season back to back. You know, I, they, I would not, I wouldn't say that even actually, you know, I can't believe I'm about to say this. That doesn't come close to their loss against Virginia. No, uh, but like November. coming in with this that much, like, bad. listen, like coming up with like Virginia loss was terrible. Don't get me wrong. Like that was a bad loss, but it was in November. Okay. Like the team was still figuring it out. You know, they had a couple wins behind them. Great. Yes. They lost in a tournament whatsoever. But coming in as the one seed in the Big East, having games decided, I think they were like 11 and two in games decided by five points or less. This team's a grinder. This team's a winner. You snuck through Butler. Congratulations. You had nine days off. Butler just came over a huge win against um, Xavier. You know what? That was a hard fought matchup to go in against Creighton and get embarrassed. It was turnover after turnover and no shots. And everyone was trying to play hero ball. It was just that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing because, again, the Virginia loss, I'm not saying was bad, but no one was watching the Virginia game. Everyone was watching the Big East semifinals. All right. All right. I'll, I'll meet you there. Yeah, I, I just I'm hung up on the 40 points. Um, they, you know, you talk about hero ball. They, that was bad uh, against Virginia. And you can't lose in a place that every fucking Friar fan was saying the dunk sell. I, I know. That's the hour of that alone. It's that like makes, you, I mean, you, you can't lose on that. You, claimed, stage, you right? claimed it was a home game. You claimed it was a home game where not for nothing, St. John's plays there more than you. Yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> so it's like it's all these court. fans are, it's like, oh, it's the dunk South. And I only see Friars jerseys out here and all this stuff. And we're, we want Nova again and blah, 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 blah. If they came up against Nova, the way they played those two games, if they snuck out Creighton, if they went up against Nova, it would have been even a worse loss. It would have been. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that it, if it would have even been worse. I just think it would have been more heartbreaking because they probably would have kept it close. They would have. I just don't think they took Creighton seriously after what they did to him uh, the first time, which really sucks because Creighton's a good basketball team and yes. they proved it. I mean, they hung punch for punch with Villanova until maybe two minutes left last night. So I don't know. Um, that leads me Whoa. into my point of do uh oh this is not college basketball related but breaking news the new york per chef passing the new york yankees are finalizing a deal to acquire third baseman josh donaldson and shortstop uh isaiah kinner uh from the twins gary sanchez going to the twins no he's not i see that from Heyman. no way wow we need a catcher. I just. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> what the hell is that? Josh Donaldson hates Gary Cole. I hate that trade so much. Whoa. I, wow. Okay. All right. This is break. We haven't had many of these where we've like. This is live. This is this is off the cuff. Okay. So instant gotta, gut reaction. I hate everything about it. That's just the instant gut reaction. I instant gut I like I mean, this shows that we're not we're out in we're out on the shortstop market. We are out on the shortstop market because 
IS, um, IKF is going is your is your starting shortstop. Josh oh, Donaldson no. is your third baseman. No, he can't. Gio Urshela is on the bench. I don't know. Is he a shortstop? I thought he was a. Oh, I guess he is a shortstop. Where are you seeing? He is a super utility guy, though. Wait, did they trade Gio? I don't know. I just see Gary Sanchez. Oh my. Oh, or Gio's gone too. What the fuck what is the... that? And a cat. Wait. I'm confused. Whoa. I'm confused now. Donaldson and Kiner Falefa going to New York for Shella and Sanchez. I. Oh, God damn it. Wilson Contreras has to be a Yankee. I don't know, man. We're getting texts now. Yo, what from Chris Hanold? Okay. That was a dumb trade. I'm off the cuff. I think that's a dumb trade. Maybe once we sit with it, I'll react a little bit more favorably, but I think that was dumb. Oh my. We're out on. I think, that was I think that was stupid. I just think that was stupid. I'm like, when's the last time Josh Donaldson was good? Never. <laughs> he was like, he had some good years. He had good two, like two or three years maybe old. Four. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not sure I like it. Last year at 457 at bats, 73 runs, 113 hits, 26 home runs, 72 RBIs, 247 average with an 827 OPS. What? I, don't, the I don't like it. Fuck. I don't like it. I don't like it. Ben Ben Rootvort going to the Yankees too. Rootved. Rootved. Rootved? Is he good? That doesn't look like it. Who is he? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? He made his debut. Yeah, I made his last debut year. last year. He's a rookie. Yeah, he hit 189 169 last year. That's fun. Whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa. I don't know what they're doing. I'm going to get pissed off. I can't keep talking about this. I'm going to get pissed. Geo? That was dumb. That was really dumb. That was dumb. A lot of people are saying the Yankees won it. <laughs> I mean, you know what that means? Glaber Torres is out. I don't know. I think it just sounds like it's, this is just a stopgap. I don't really necessarily think he's out. No, because DJ, that means DJ LeMayu is playing first base right now. Unless they, yeah. Unless they just trade up, don't sign a first baseman. Unless he's going to the A's for all. Because no, Kiner Falefa could play third. Where the fuck does Josh Donaldson play? <laughs> you can't, they can't DH. Whoa. <sighs> I'm confused. There's something more to this. That's that's for next week's pod. That's for next week. I'm, <laughs> we got to close the show. I'm done. I'm, I know. Before we close, though, before we need to just put out, can the Friars, like, what do we expect from the Friars and the Jackrabbits? Friars are favored by two. Oh. San Diego State, or excuse me, South Dakota State is the best three-point team in the nation. I'm worried. I, and I this is a worried podcast because we have two things that are worrying us. Oh, by the way, in the midst of all this, fucking Tom Brady's back. Interesting. Like, <laughs> as if tonight couldn't get any more 
sports news. Tom Brady is back. So awesome. Um, that we have a lot to digest. We'll break it all down for you next week too. Um, but I don't know. This could be some sort of cap grab. I, I really don't know. We're talking in circles. Let's close the show. That's Will and I'm Jake. We're going to have a loaded episode for you next week, folks. So long. Take it easy. Take it easy. Thank you.